Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, the host of this podcast here with us is Rochelle Smith. She's the producer of the podcast and Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary and a retirement income certified professional. Today we're going to tackle is your 401k a tax trap. Lauren, you've heard it before. Defer, defer, defer. It's an age old tax mantra, but could it be a tax trap? Today, we explore why the money you've worked so hard to save in your 401k could be subject to a big tax bill and what you can do now to take control of your taxes. So I was thinking about traps. Anyone ever fallen into a trap? Can't say that I have. <laughs> no. A bear trap. I think my husband would say maybe about, oh, 16 years ago, he fell into a trap. <laughs> and then we lovingly joke about the four children being part of the trap, too. Each new child is another 18-year commitment. I mean, to the children, I suppose it doesn't have to be to each other, but... Yeah, that's the only trap that I was thinking about, <laughs> the marriage trap. But no one wants to fall into a trap, guys. There's no, nobody wants to feel trapped or fall into a trap. So a strategy, a strategy is much better when it comes to retirement. A strategy is absolutely essential when it comes to retirement, especially when we're talking about avoiding the traps, like the the uh, tax trap that you so affectionately referred to. <laughs> The, uh, the mantra for really the last 40 years has been, hey, let's defer taxes. We don't have to pay taxes on this money right now based on uh, the rules of the 401k plan or really any employer-sponsored plan that looks or acts like the 401k plan. So it could be a 403b plan, a TSA, anything that allows you to put money into a plan uh, from your paycheck and then allows you to defer the taxes on that money. So it's been defer, defer, defer. There's going to be another day down the road where you can take money out of this plan and you can pay less taxes on it than what you would if you pay taxes on it right now. So that's the prescription that people have basically uh, invested by for the last 30, 40 years. And the question is now is, is that coming to fruition. Are people able to take money out of these 401k plans, these employer-sponsored plans, and pay less taxes than what they could have 20, 30 years ago? Yeah, and the people listening, especially if you're in that pre-retiree or retiree age, you probably remember when 401ks were first introduced. I mean, it was the late 1970s. Uh, pensions at that time were still pretty much the preferred employer plan. They were they were the ruling plan of the day. You didn't have to do much with a pension. Your employer did most of the work. You maybe had a couple of decisions to make. And then in the 70s, the 401k enters. And Lauren, it was marketed as this great thing because you could put the money in and then you could claim less money on your income taxes. Yeah, you could claim less money on your current income as well as you could take more control over your retirement. When when uh, when pensions were mostly prevalent, prevalent, it was the it was the equation by which the pension was created that determined what kind of retirement income you were going to have, right? The company put money in on your behalf and if you lasted with that company for 25, 30 years, you would receive X based on the equation that that pension plan used. So you had very little control over what your retirement income was going to be. You had your pension, you had maybe Social Security, and a little bit of savings to produce that income. With the with the creation and implementation of the 401k plan, now your retirement income can be dependent upon how much you put away, the performance of those accounts, and uh, in the employer contribution. So it allows you the opportunity then at retirement 
to not only have more control over the distributions from that, meaning your, your current income at retirement, but also based on the account value, uh, you could take out a lump sum. You could, instead of receiving $2,000 a month, you could put yourself on a $3,000 or $4,000 or $5,000 a month income. You just had a lot more control over it. But with that control comes a lot more responsibility. And you can take a loan out of a 401k. I can't imagine pension plans had a, an option where you could take a loan out from your employer. No, pension plans did not have that option. Basically, you retire and you receive the monthly income. Uh, and even, even back then, uh, the lump sum from a pension was not prevalent, meaning that uh, right now, most pension plans, you can take a lump sum or you can take the monthly income. And uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't even a lot of lump sum options. So literally you had very little control. You retire, you take the monthly income until you pass away. If you have a survivorship option, um, then uh, your spouse would receive income based on the survivorship option you selected. But again, very little control. Uh, the good news with the pensions is it wasn't your money, right? You didn't contribute to that pension plan. It was hundred percent contributed by the employer. Um, but it, there's a lot of downsides to it as well. I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but you're, you are sitting in the room with someone who has a pension. Oh. Yes. I worked for the Hearst Corporation for the first part of my uh, professional career. And the Hearst family, when I, whenever I get my pension, I, my husband looked into this. They will be giving me, guys, wait for it, wait for it. $10 a month. <laughs> oh. By the time you retire, that's at least a pack of bubble gum. <laughs> it's at least a pack of bubble gum. So, you know, just make sure you know that you're among uh, one of the few uh, remaining, you know, people in my age bracket who has a pension. Um, that also says a couple of things. I didn't make much money back then when I was in this uh, working for the Hearst Corporation and also my pension. Probably not going to make a good retirement plan. And you weren't 100% invested. And that's the other disadvantage of the, of the pension plan. But that did, inc that did contribute to the loyalty, the employee loyalty to employers. Because to really have a meaningful pension amount at retirement, you had to be with that company for an extended period of time, 20 plus years. And, it, you know, it's not like my grandpa. My grandpa worked at Ford Motor Company for almost his entire career. And a large part of that was because Ford Motor Company had a really good pension, and that's what he was dependent upon once he did ultimately retire. Yeah, and you bring up a good point because I think statistics also point to this. It's not just one of those things that I'm sort of like taking my own survey on. People did used to work in the same job for 20 or 25 years. And we know now that we're a much more mobile society than we were even when your grandfather was at Ford. And and a lot of people that, again, pre-retirees, retirees, kind of those baby boomers, they did work at a company for 25, 30 years. People in those next couple of generations five to eight years people move on average so they they don't stay long enough if there would happen to be a pension but they also don't stay long enough to keep that 401k from with the same employer throughout their career no and that's why the portability of the 401k plan is so important meaning that when you switch an employer after five years you you have your money you have the amount that you contributed plus any amount of the employer contributions that you're vested with and then you can take that money you can transition that money to the new employer plan if the new employer has a plan or you can move it to your own account into an individual retirement account and collect money underneath that individual retirement account ultimately until you do retire and then that is a bucket of money that you can start taking distributions from and all along that entire path that money grows tax deferred but ultimately when you do take that money out you will be subject to tax at your ordinary income level at that point um, and you're so you're going to pay taxes on it at time that you take the income when you retire 
And we're talking about 401ks today, but a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about can also apply what to an IRA, a 403b. What else, Lauren? You have some TSP plans, but also some 457 plans uh, would qualify underneath that as well. So basically any type of employer plan that gives you the ability to contribute to it, and then that money grows tax deferred. Okay, speaking of taxes, let's go back to this this deferring taxes. So it's a good thing when you're working, you don't want to pay a lot of taxes. And for some people, you can kind of take that deferral, ride right into retirement and things are fine. And it works out really well for them because what we were thinking with the 401k plans and the strategy of deferring taxes can actually work really well for some people, especially if we think about uh, the people who are retiring now, the time frame of which they were putting money away underneath their 401k plan when tax rates were much higher than what they are right now. As an example, the highest tax rate that we have available to us right, right now is 37%. Back in 1980, that 37% was 70%. So if you were working back in the 80s and 90s and you were going to pay 30%, maybe 50% on income, and you could defer it underneath the 401k plan for a much later time, a uh, much later date down the road, and you could take it out, and especially with tax rates lower now, it could work really well for a lot of people. However, a lot of the families that we work with, they are finding that that is not necessarily the case. Yes, they didn't pay taxes on this money in the 70s and 80s and 90s, and tax rates are lower now, but they've done a good job of saving. And if they employ a Social Security maximization strategy when they turn their Social Security on, that's going to be guaranteed income that they're going to receive for the rest of their life. They might have a small pension. And so the pension income is going to be income coming in that they are not going to turn off. They're not going to turn off their Social Security income. And now they take out money from their 401k plan, and that could put them into a higher tax rate. Uh, and a lot, of, a lot of the families that we work with, that's exactly what they're finding, is when they retire, they may be in a lower tax rate for a couple of years, but then... Um, based on a few of the things, and this is that tax trap. This is part of that tax trap that we're referencing. Based on some of the tax legislative rules, ultimately they could be in a higher tax bracket for the rest of their retirement based on some of these rules. And we all may be in a higher tax bracket in 2026. You're, I know this is part of the planning, the conversations you have with people right now. If Congress does nothing... The tax rates are going up. Those 2017 Trump tax cuts expire in 2026. Based on existing tax legislation, 2026, January 1st, the 12% bracket is going back to 15%. The 22 is going back to 25. The 24 is going back to 28. And the other tax rates are changing as well. So that's something that we have to look forward to. <laughs> look forward to? What is he talking about? <laughs> uh, you know, those that might not come to fruition. That could change. But that, that is based on the tax... But but I think most people would anticipate tax rates increasing at some point. So whether they actually increase in 2026 or they increase uh, later down the road, with the level of debt that we have in this country right now, uh, most people anticipate those tax rates increasing at some point. Yeah, the U.S. debt's at $30 trillion. Of course, we spent trillions, uh, tried to put money into the economy during the pandemic. And when you talked about the history of taxes, I mean, it wasn't really all that long ago. I mean in some people's lifetime, many people's lifetimes, the top tax rate was 94%. Yeah, not in people. when we talk about that, people act shocked because they cannot imagine. I mean, can you imagine uh, in that top bracket paying 94% to the federal 
No. Government right Why away? would you, I mean, why would you even work almost? It feels like. Well, and the people in that tax bracket, they were employing strategies to to defer the income. Either, uh, and I think Ronald Reagan is probably the, the most famous for this one. He said he'd do two movies a year because he'd get paid uh, about 50000 per movie or that, that third movie would put him in that 94% tax bracket where he receives very little of that. And the 94 is just the federal taxes. That doesn't even include the state income taxes depending upon the state that you live in. So there were a lot of strategies at that point for those higher earners that um, to, to help prevent them from getting to that 94% bracket. Okay, so let's go back though. Our history lesson may be over for now because if you're listening and you are thinking about retirement or maybe you're already in retirement, you've got this hefty 401k, you haven't paid taxes on the money yet and you're saying, okay, Lauren, let's get to it. What can I do? This this thing is is set and ready to be taxed at a high rate, and I I don't like the idea of it. Yeah, and here's here's a couple of the tax traps that that do happen, and so here's some of the things that we want to avoid. Uh, let's let's say uh, you retire, you have Social Security income. Again, once you turn that Social Security income on, you're not going to turn it off. It's guaranteed for the rest of your life, which is a really good thing. But it does then decrease the control that you have over on uh, over your taxable income. So you have Social Security income. You also have 401k plan. The combination of the distributions that you need from your 401k plan to maintain the lifestyle that you want, in addition to your Social Security income, would put you in that 12% bracket. So your taxable income, if you're married, would be somewhere under $83,000. So that's after your standard deduction. If you're filing single, then it'd be somewhere under $42,000, which again, that's after your standard deduction. So that's kind of the income that you would have coming in, 12% bracket. However, you want to take a trip, right? When you retire, and this is not uncommon, a lot of people want to take a trip. They haven't been able to take the time to go international, go to Europe, see the, all the cool things that take place overseas. So you want to do that. It costs you $20,000 for that once-in-a-lifetime trip. That $20,000 distribution from your 401k plan now will put you into the higher tax bracket, which is right now 22%. So basically almost double the, in, the tax that you would pay in the 12% bracket for that trip, which means your distribution has to be much higher than the 20000 to pay for the trip because you still have to pay for that tax bill. And again, that's just federal taxes. Uh, if you live in a state where there's state taxes, you also have to increase your distribution to pay for the state taxes as well. So that's, and there's not much you can do about that, right? You need the $20,000 to have this lifetime, once in a lifetime trip. Where else are you going to get it from if all of your retirement savings is underneath the pre-tax 401k plan? And that's the kind of tax bill that might have you rethinking taking that trip. And you didn't work for 20, 30, 40 years to not be able to spend some of this hard-earned money on the stuff you want to spend it on. Yeah, because that what what happens, and as you're doing the math, that $20,000 trip now might cost you closer to 27. I'm glad he did that math. I literally was trying to follow. I'm, as you're doing the math, I'm like, uh, don't look at me. Maybe Rochelle was doing the math. Nope, sure wasn't. But I knew it was more. Well, and, it, and that includes uh, potential state tax as well. You know, so if you're just looking at 22, 22% off of 20,000, you know, that's 4,500, 5,000, somewhere, somewhere in there. 
But if you have state taxes on it, then it gets even more expensive. And as you're looking at planning this trip, you might say, well, this trip's kind of cost me 20000 but then I have this extra X amount of bill to go to the federal government and the state government. And you might rethink it. Okay, so that's one tax trap. What's the other one? Well, the second tax trap, and I'd, I'd say this one's even more prevalent, is the required mi- minimum distribution tax trap. And what that means is the required minimum distribution uh, based on current laws at the age of 72, you are mandated to take distributions from your pre-tax 401k plan or IRAs, and you can't do much about it. It's a minimum amount that you have to take out. And, and what we see with a lot of our families is in the year that they retire, let's say, let's say you retire at 65, the, w- when you were working, you were in the 22% tax bracket. But when you retired, based on the Social Security income that you had coming in, plus the lifestyle income that you were taking out from your 401k plan, you are in the 12% bracket, right? So you were the 22 when you were working, and then when you retired, you did drop down to that 12% bracket. And you stay in that 12% bracket until you get to required minimum distribution age, and now you're mandated to take out a distribution. And the mandate is, is let, let's just say you have $750,000 in a pre-tax 401k plan. It starts out, what, what you have to do is you have to divide that by 27.4 at the age of 72, <clears throat> which equates to about a 3.64% distribution. So about $36,000 of required minimum distribution that you cannot control. You have to take that money out. You have to pay taxes on it. And what a lot of families are recognizing is that distribution is putting them into that higher tax bracket. And the problem is, is that you are now going to be in that higher tax bracket forever because you have Social Security income coming in. You have to take the required minimum distribution, and it's going to put you in that higher tax bracket. So really, the only way to get around it is to decrease the amount of pre-tax money that you have in your 401k plan. But if you just start withdrawing, having heavy distributions, that's going to push you into an even higher tax bracket. You're going to pay even a higher retirement tax bill. So this is something that we work on with our our families starting as soon as we possibly can. How do we decrease that, that 401k plan in a responsible way to pay the least amount of tax on it as possible? So when you do retire, when you do reach age 72 and you have to start taking distributions out, you have a lot more control over those distributions and you have a, a higher probability of not letting those distributions put you into a higher tax bracket for the rest of your retirement. And that conversation a lot of times starts at 59 and a half, right? Because a lot of employer-sponsored plans allow you then to start taking money out of your 401k without a penalty? Well, that conversation starts as soon as we start working with families. And, and whether it is taking money, sweeping the money out of the 401k plan, putting it into an IRA, and then you can do some IRA uh, Roth conversions, or it just means let's not continue to put money into the pre-tax side of your 401k plan because your employer also offers you the Roth 401k plan. So shifting all or a part of your contributions from the pre-tax side to the Roth side, that is an effective strategy for many people. You do want to make sure you evaluate that to make sure that is a good decision for you because it's not for everybody. And it's going to be largely dependent upon what kind of tax diversification in your portfolio have you created thus far? Uh, What kind of lifestyle income do you expect to need when you do retirement, uh, when you do retire, uh, and it's also going to be dependent upon what your current level of income is, because what what is the tax that you would pay on those on those contributions to the Roth side of your 401k plan? Because that's the disadvantage, is you're paying tax on that contribution today, 
as opposed to deferring it for another another time. But once that money is underneath the Roth 401k plan, it grows tax-free forever. You retire, have a qualified distribution, and you receive that money 100% tax-free. And then also, when you retire, you can sweep that money. We're at 59 and a half with a lot of plans. You can sweep that that money into your own IRA or Roth IRA. In any of the Roth IRAs, you're not mandated to take distributions at 72. So it gives you more control over when you distribute those monies. And again, when, when, whenever it is you do, it's 65, 72, 82. It comes to you federally tax-free. I want to go back to that first tax trap. We talked about the, the couple that wanted to go to Europe, so they wanted to take a, a big withdrawal out of their 401k. While you were saying that, I was thinking, should they even still have the money inside their employer-sponsored plan? I mean, they've retired. They no longer work for that company. Yeah, that's a good point to clarify. I was saying the 401k plan, but it could be an IRA. It could be the 401k plan. There are some people that leave. Once once you do retire, there's some people that leave their money underneath the 401k plan. Most people who do retire will roll that money into their IRA. The IRA does offer them some advantages. What it really does is offers you more control over your money. When you take distributions from the 401k plan, there is a mandatory federal withholding. This is for the pre-tax distributions of 20%. Um, so underneath the IRA, you can withhold 20% if you want to, if you need to, or you can withhold 10% or you can withhold zero. So you have a lot more control over the amount of withholding that you incorporate within your distributions. Uh, but then you also have a lot more investment selection underneath the IRA as well. So if you're looking to create a little bit more diversification within your portfolio, the IRA offers that. So a lot of people will roll that uh, their 401k plan to an IRA, either at 59 and a half, if you if your plan does offer in-service rollover uh, distributions, or certainly at retirement. I want to go back to something you said about RMDs. No RMDs on those Roth accounts. Why is that? That's exactly right. That's one of the benefits of the Roth IRA is you've already paid taxes on that money. So there's no required, and, and the growth on it, grows tax-free as long as your distribution is qualified. Uh, therefore, at age 72 or whenever that RMD age is for you, the there is no mandate to take out. Now, that's on your Roth account. If you inherit a Roth account, even though your distributions will still be tax-free, there is a RMD on an inherited Roth IRA. And that's the mistake that some people make is that they've heard there's no RMDs on Roth IRAs. They inherit one from their parents. They're like, I don't, I don't have to pay taxes on this money. So why does the government care when I take it out? But you do have to take a required minimum distribution from an inherited Roth IRA, just not a RMD from your Roth IRA. Why does the government care when you take it out? Just one of those rules associated with it? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of Roth IRA money that is just compounding. It's continuously compounding. So if they allow this money to stay underneath the Roth IRA forever and people just continue to pass it on to generation to generation, then that, that amount of money that they will never tax down the road is just going to continue to grow. So they do eventually want this money out of the tax-free Roth, and that's one way that they can make sure that it does come out. I think he just put on like his IRS hat. Did you see him? Oh, there? I did. He's like an IRS agent sitting right here with us. Oh, please don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so Lauren, what I think I'm hearing you saying is defer, defer, defer. 
isn't the definition of a tax plan, especially as I'm moving to and through retirement. No, that's the old default tax plan, which can work for some people, as we had talked about. But if it works for you, it's just it's just by chance, right? It's not it's not a plan. It's not something. Basically, you're you're saying, hey, let's put money away. Let's not pay taxes on it, and let's hope that this. This cross our fingers. Out. Yeah, cross our fingers that I won't get, right. Yeah, but, bit but, by the taxes. Yeah, but hope's not a plan. So what you want to do is you want to create a tax plan that works for you based on everything that we know right now, based on what we project is going to happen down the road. And that tax plan for you might say, let's make some some tax deferred contributions. Let's make some after tax and tax-free contributions. Uh, but you want to make sure it's your plan so it does work out well for you, not only right now, but also down the road. Uh, Roth conversions can be a big part of that tax plan as well. That's when you take the money from the pre-tax side, whether it's underneath the pre-tax 401 or the pre-tax IRA, and you convert it over to the Roth IRA. But in that tax plan, what you the amount that you actually convert can vary each and every year. So what you converted last year might be different than what you need to convert this year and next year and so forth. So this tax plan is not a set it and forget it. Uh, it needs to be reevaluated each and every year and make sure that you're incorporating the right tax strategies for that year based on updated information. I mean, thinking about the long-term uh, tax planning it, based on current tax brackets, if you're trying to convert up to a certain tax bracket, well, if those tax brackets change, that changes the amount that you would convert that year. Yeah, or the legislation. I mean, there's a lot of changes that do take place. Uh, your income needs in retirement could change, right? It's not uncommon for people to project that they're going to need, just throwing a number out, $6,000 a month, but then six months prior to retirement, they reevaluate their expense needs. Maybe it's due to inflation increases. Maybe it's just to they mis they miscalculated what that lifestyle is going to cost them. So instead of six thousand dollars a month, they need seven thousand dollars a month, which requires extra distributions as well. So there's a lot of things that can change, but I can tell you that for those of you who have the vast majority or all of your money underneath the pre-tax accounts, your retirement tax bill could be huge, a lot bigger than what you anticipate. Last week, we sat down with somebody to go through their strategy visit. Uh, and in this visit, we provide them an analysis, analysis of basically whatever is pertinent to their situation to help them from a retirement planning standpoint. We spent a lot of time on their tax plan because they all of their retirement savings was in a pre-tax account. And they were really interested in what their retirement tax bill was going to be. So they had about a million dollars underneath the pre-tax account. And if we project over the course of their proposed retirement, if we looked over the course of their projected retirement, their retirement tax bill on that million dollar 401k plan was going to be somewhere around $500,000. That's the amount that they would pay in taxes over the course wow. of their 25 year retirement. Most people don't realize that. And that's, that's one of the negatives of having all of or a lot of your retirement money that you've never paid taxes on once you get to retirement. And that's the importance of having a tax plan as soon as you possibly can to decrease what that retirement tax bill is. So when we looked at their, their tax plan, if they just remained status quo and continued on the path they, they would continue on, their retirement tax bill would be more than what it has to be. By implementing some strategies, they could save six figures on their retirement tax bill. That's a huge amount of savings. And that's definitely something that they were looking forward to incorporating within their retirement plan is that tax plan to decrease their retirement tax bill. 
Yeah, and I think that sometimes gets lost when we're talking because we do say save money and people might be going, yeah, but the brackets, if you look at the percentages, there's not that much different. Okay, a couple of thousand bucks. Again, everybody wants to save money, but I don't think people sometimes think of it in six-figure amounts. Yeah, so it's a huge amount. And you think about the current legislation. I mean, we can't impact legislation, right? We can't impact what the what the tax brackets are, but we can use the existing legislation to your benefit, create strategies that that you can implement and save a ton of money over the course of your retirement. Now, that's that's this family that we were talking with. That's not an un- uncommon experience, but that is not the experience that every single individual or married couple is going to face. And that's the importance of having a customized retirement plan that w- looks at all of your specific factors to create your strategies. Yeah, and that's where having a conversation just to get started, I think, is really important because we know you know, everyone's circumstances are different. Uh, so people can talk right to a retirement planner. Learn. We have a, a complimentary 15-minute checkup call. These are calls you've been having for a long time now. And it's a really good way for people to ask you a few questions about you know, exactly where they're at. And we can accomplish a ton within a 15-minute time frame. But it is an excellent opportunity for you to ask questions. Here's some of the things that you're thinking about. Uh, what could your potential retirement tax bill savings be? Uh, maybe it's not even taxes. Maybe it's how do you deliver an income from your different investment accounts once you do retire? How do you maximize Social Security? A married couple might have up to 81 different options as far as just when it comes to electing Social Security. Uh, could be by legacy planning, right? Do you need a will? Do you need a trust? Do you need to update the will? What are some of the power of attorney documents that you could incorporate within your overall legacy plan? There's so many things that we can cover within a really short period of time. Um, and after that 15-minute retirement checkup phone call, we'll, we'll identify together. Does it make sense? Does it make sense for us to go through the connection visit, which is where we just talk a little bit more about your situation. We talk in detail, and then we can determine, do we want to go to the strategy visit, which is where we provide that analysis. Uh, here's some specific strategies you can incorporate within your overall plan. Here's some of the things that I would stay away from as you look to build out your retirement plan. And here's what your retirement income actually looks like when you do retire. So you can learn a lot within a 15 minute time frame and we can identify what would your retirement plan really look like. I think we've almost recorded an entire podcast without saying two words. Do you guys know what two words are on my mind here? Anybody? 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 You never even once said stock market. I know that's on the, the minds of many people too and a part of the conversation that you guys have a lot. So if you want to schedule one of those 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup calls, you can go to MerkleRetire.com right now. It's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com and schedule your 15-minute checkup call today. So we'll continue talking about all those components of retirement. Of course, the stock market, healthcare, legacy planning, taxes, investment, income, lifestyle, and more on this podcast. It's retiring today and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Now, that's the old default tax plan, which does work for somebody, uh, for some people. But if it works for you, it's just basically. <laughs> it works for somebody. Just, just one person <laughs> out there. <laughs>